Jim. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is Jim English, and welcome to the Who Gives a Shit Files. And we thanks for listening. And we have one of my best friends in the world, Greg Big Daddy Schmidt, who is going to talk about the Yukon Lady Huskies basketball team and want to welcome you. Well, thank you. Welcome, everybody, on the podcast here in Southern California, where we're basically on the surface of the sun today, where it's about 900 degrees with high winds and no humidity. Yes, it was. It woke me up and I was trying to figure out what was going on last night. I was up at 2.30 in the morning in my underwear, putting down my umbrellas in my backyard because they were about ready to take sail and end up in the Newport Bay. Wow, you could have been Mary Poppins. No, I felt like, except for the skivvies, that was a kind of an ugly sight if anybody was oh, looking over I the don't fence. Know. I think that's a glorious sight for you know, <laughs> most women, you know. Well, that... if the police came, they could arrest me for indecent exposure, but I'd get it, I'd get it released on lack of evidence. <laughs> that's good. I've never heard that before, and I think you've used that before. That's funny. So I've used it many times. <laughs> well, thanks for joining the podcast, and it's been a while. And it's been an up and down ride for the ladies, uh, Huskies of Stores, Connecticut. So where would you like to start? You want to start with the injuries or where would you like? To yeah. Start? Yeah. It's uh, I mean, this has been, you know, all the years, if anybody's listened to the previous podcast, you know, that, that there are really high hopes and UConn set a really high standard, but this has been the year where it's all come uh Despite, you know, they're 15 and five, anybody that's 15 and five, they'd usually give the coach a 10 year extension on his contract. But they've just had, uh, it's a tale of injuries and COVID cancellations and uh, schedule changes and, and a couple of transfers, which was really no big deal because that's the way things go now. When somebody doesn't play, they transfer out right away. So they've had a couple of players leave, but they were, they were uh, bench warmers. They weren't going to do anything anyway. But yeah, the injuries hit UConn extremely hard this year. They started the year off in fine fashion with Paige Becker's the reigning player of the year dominating in her first game with like 34 points. They hit a, a snag against South Carolina, which is the best team in the in the land by a mile. They just fell apart in the fourth quarter. So okay, they got beat by a better team. Then they played Notre and this Dame. This is prior, Greg. Sorry, this is prior to the injury. Yeah, this is Paige Beckers. This is like the third or fourth game of the year. They, they lost in the Bahamas, which the fourth quarter they scored like three or five points, and they just they just fell apart. So I go, yeah. well, all right, they're still young, no big deal. Then they play Notre Dame, kick Notre Dame's butt, which is always satisfying. And the last minute of the game, Paige Beckers takes a stutter step and hyperextends her knee in a really dramatically unappealing look you know where it just bent her knee the wrong direction so she's been out since then but it so has no bad contact enough. or anything no she just took a, a misstep and then her body kept going but her foot stayed planted and she did like where she her knee went all the way to the ground bent oh, in a, 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 a reverse v so it ended up breaking part of her um either the tibia or fibula where it connects to the kneecap there it's like soft and it just got crushed. So then uh, gruesome injury, but 
you know, not career ending or anything, but she had to have a, an operation about uh, two weeks later to clean up the meniscus and stuff like that. So as of last night, she's on the timetable to be coming back, but she's uh, still, you know, probably a week or two away because she has to uh, get to be strong enough. Gina or Emma will not let her play until she's a hundred percent. She, you know, he was joking. She wanted to play in one game when they were, which was tied in the last couple of seconds. She was mad at him because he didn't put her in. And she's sitting there in her, her sweatpants, you know, she's just a competitor, but it, it was a gut punch for the team. Cause she's, she was, you know, the proverbial straw that stirred the drink. So um, after that, they've had some ups and downs, you know, they immediately after that, they go out and lose to the, uh, a couple games later, they were okay. Then they lost to Georgia tech an unranked team, which is now ranked like 15th. So they're not like a, they're a bad team, but they had, they lost their composure in that game. They didn't have Paige Beckers. They didn't know what to do. So then they start to get better. Then all of a sudden, their number one recruit, AZ Fudd's out for eight, nine, 10, 11 games with a, with a sore foot. And then Nika Mule's out for four games with a sore foot. And then Audrey Griffin, their, number, their sixth man or seventh man person, she's out for the season with back surgery. So now they're down, they're down to seven players for quite a few games. So they don't have the horses to do it. No excuse. The other teams are going to care less if they got problems. Oh yeah. So they've so been trying you... to uh, manage it and uh-huh. uh, they get better, but there's the whole, you sum it all up. And it's just, they're just super inconsistent. And also too, isn't there, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, the players that are left are really young, right? Yeah, they, they have three seniors left, um, and then the rest are sophomores and, and freshmen. The, the good part of this whole thing, Jim, is through all these trials and tribulations, you know, they, they have had some big victories. They beat Notre Dame. Last Sunday, they beat uh, Tennessee, which was ranked number seven, Whoa. and they were ranked number 10, and they, they kicked their ass. And, you're, and AZ Fudd had 25 points in her first game back, but it's just one thing after another brightest spot of this whole season has been Caroline Ducharme, this 6'2 skinny freshman from I think in Massachusetts somewhere, number five recruit. She's averaging 18 points a game since Paige Beckers went out because she just took over and really, really, really plays hard and gets her points by driving to the basket, hitting pull-up jumpers. And she's like the bright star. She's had her coming out party. Now she's been out the last couple games because she got hit in the head two games in a row. Doesn't have a concussion, but he won't let her play until she feels 100%. I like, I like that about Gino, you know, is he won't let people play, you know, until they're 100%. And also a point to be made, too, is that one thing that's great about, well, there's two things that come to mind immediately about women's college basketball is, number one, as we've talked about in the prior pod, podcast, but it bears repeating is the fact that if you're a basketball purist, which Greg, you are, this is what basketball is meant to be played that, you know, pick and roll. You're not playing above the rim. You're doing the basics. It's not about athletics. It's about execution. Would you agree with that? 100%. And in UConn's case, it, it has exposed, you know, with the, the amount of people they have out, they aren't able to execute the way they're supposed to. They aren't able to play D the way they're supposed to. But the only thing that saved them through all of this, to your point, Jim, is their fundamental discipline in their defense. They, they out D a lot of teams, but they're just, 
very inconsistent offensively. They 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 have they average twenty turnovers a game, which is uncalled for. And the UConn, the times I've been watching UConn, I don't recall them ever averaging more than nine or ten turnovers a game. So they they have a lot of growing pains here. You know, the the bright side is the Caroline Ducharme has has stepped up. AZ Fudd is back in her last two games since she came back from her foot injury, a freshman. She scored 25 and 29 points in Steph Curry-like fashion, coming off the screens, hitting three-pointers. I mean, this girl's everything she's supposed to be, but she's just been hurt. This is only – she's only playing in nine college games. So it's it's not really excuses. It's just reality. Gina Oriem is the best realist in the world, you know, after – some halftime they interview him at some of the games because we suck because we stink we're not running our offense right they come out in the second half and they are able to pull it off well last night they weren't able to pull it off because they olivia nelson adota who's their six five center she's out because she doesn't feel well she's she's sick and then now they're down to, to six players and she's the one they run the offense through since Paige beckers are gone so it's just a case of not having enough and other teams having more and they get by in some games, and then now they've lost their first time. They've lost a uh, a conference game since 2013. You know, there's always first this year. First time they lost to an unranked team in like, you know, 15 years. First time they lost a conference game. First time they lost at home. First, you know, blah blah blah. Really tough to watch, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, before I go out and sit on the roof and shoot myself in the head. I mean, they are hurt. They all, they're, they're going to get these players back. They're, they're getting them back. Once they have a full complement. they'll be very difficult to deal with in, in March is, is the hope of everybody because they have all the pieces. They just haven't had a chance to play together. So it's been a, a real uh, excruciatingly painful season to watch. I, I don't know how Coach Oriema doesn't just go berserk, but it, it, you got to be realistic. You don't have the horses. You don't have the horses, yeah. but they have the potential. Right. Well, you know, a couple of points here is, first of all, you know, they've had unsurpassed excellence in, in um, college basketball, and that includes the men. Maybe the exception is wooden. But other than that, they are the preeminent program in the history of college basketball. And now everybody – smells blood in the water so the sharks are circling plus the fact they've got a target on their back i mean this is like the yeah. first time they're vulnerable and so you know everybody is giving them their best right now which should serve them well later on when they get healthy and the team comes back and you know it sounds like and correct me if i'm wrong is that these players are getting invaluable experience because, as we all know, the college playoffs come down to March Madness. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, the college season comes down to March Madness. So they could lose three or four more games, but if they go on a roll during the uh, March Madness, it's a, uh, you know, it's a successful season for them. Yeah, and, and that's um, all you, you have to, to basically hope for. The, the silver lining, like you know, we covered before, is Caroline Ducharme was only playing six, seven minutes a game before Paige Beckers got hurt because there were better players ahead of her. But when she got the chance, she is big time. The whole nation knows who she is now because she's, she's scoring a lot of – she scored a bunch of points against Louisville. 
in their loss, she scored winning basket against DePaul. She's she's had numerous games of 28 points, 24 points, you know, 19 points. Wow. So she's it'll be nothing but a benefit. Same thing with AZ Fudge. She was going to play anyway, but now that she's only in her ninth game out of 20, and she's scored 25 and, and 29 points in her last two games, when Paige Beckers returns at 100%, when Olivia Nelson Agoda is there, when, you know, all these people are, and everybody's there, which they're just about there, but they keep losing somebody every game. Dorka Juhas had to send out a game with a bad foot. Olivia Nelson Agoda. Gino even missed a game a couple games ago. He stayed in the locker room because he wasn't feeling well. So it's, they're snake bit is the probably the best term, but no excuse. Everybody wants a piece of UConn. You get everybody's best game. And all those years they've been, dancing all over everybody and beating them just through fundamentals now everybody wants their shot and they're gonna they're gonna take some shots you know they're gonna they're gonna have to suck it up and just absorb it and file it away and then when we get around to uh the march madness time they're gonna be like a probably a three or four seed which is unheard of you know if they're a two seed that's usually stop the presses but based on the amount of losses they're probably going to have here they're going to be a three or four seed and they're going to sneak up on some people if they, if they play to their potential. They'll, they'll take some people out. Well, and it's a couple of things, too, is to point out is, first of all, those freshmen won't be one and done like they're in college. You know? Yeah. I mean, like for it, men's. You know, I just can't stand that, these one and dones, because it's well, becoming obsolete in men's basketball because the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the people that do the one and dones, they don't win anymore. So no, UConn teams is stay together. Them, yeah, they, they have a core group of players, and this this adversity will set them up for the future. Plus the fact, and correct me if I'm wrong, is UConn goes into March Madness with incredible pressure on them. You know, to I mean, if they don't make, I mean, if they got to make the Final Four. It's assumed. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, it, it's terrible if they don't make the Final Four. They're meeting expectations if they make the final game. And it's not total euphoria, but it's obviously great when they win the championship. And this team will not have any pressure on it because they're expected to fail. Yeah, and, and that's really true. You know, your, your point's uh, very astute about the, the difference between like the, the men's game where it's one and done. However, the I might offer up the this new nil stuff and the transfer portal and then the COVID relaxation of some various uh uh rules you know before as far as transferring and stuff like that it's going to be you're going to see a whole change in how college basketball but in, in women's especially there are players this minute they don't get the playing time they want nowadays they get in the transfer portal and they leave it's, uconn's had two players this year Sailor Poffenbarger was came as an early entry freshman last year when she was still a senior in high school. Played, you know, got some experience. This year she was hurt the whole preseason, didn't play. And two games into the year, she transfers to Arkansas because she's not going to ever play there. A girl named uh, Mira McLean, she just transferred a month ago. Somehow she transferred to the University of Virginia and was eligible right away and is playing for the University of Virginia. She was a you know, a ninth person off the bench, and not, you know, Gina Oriema couldn't play her, he said, because when she didn't have the offensive skills, she hadn't developed them because they have to play four on five on offense when she's in the game. 
So she packed her bag, somehow got a waiver from the NCAA, and now she's playing at Virginia, a team that's three and nineteen, by the way, and she's averaging about ten points a game. And it's just you know, that's how it is today. People, when they don't get their way, they're going to leave. So you're going to see a lot more turnover in the game, which I'm not sure is really great for the game, but you know, those that can retain the ones they want will probably do better because everybody has a and the ability to get up and leave now, which is very different from what uh, we're used to. You know, these freshmen that are playing, that would have played eight to 10 minutes a game, um, you know, that are the centerpieces now of the Lady Huskies offense will be dissuaded from, you know, do, using the NIL portal to transfer. So how do you think the NIL situation is going to help or hurt the Lady Huskies? That remains to be seen. If, if you judge it by what's going on in, in the football and other stuff, the, the rich will get richer. The, uh, the, you'll, you'll go to a school based on how much opportunity you have for NIL money, not necessarily the team. That, that's one school of thought. Um, UConn, with its exposure, is a is a really good place to go. Paige Becker's, you know, obviously she's Paige Becker, but she's got deals with with Gatorade and two or three other very lucrative things. AZ Fudd has a deal with Chipotle and and some other uh, I can't remember the name of the other um, entity that she's hooked up with. Three or four other ones have NIL. So you will have the from a UConn standpoint, Lady Huskies. You got exposure. You're in the most exposed uh, team women's basketball wise in the nation, you know, even to the point where the retired uh, coach from Notre Dame, Muffet McGraw, I say that in a tic-tac whenever I say her name because it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> she, she goes on, she's a halftime commentator on the ACC network. And she goes and says ESPN is unfair. They favor UConn too much. And players get overrated when they're in high school. So they, when they go to UConn, they get a much higher rating. And just a totally idiotic statement, you know, to, to say that ESPN is favoring UConn. And Gina Emma, you know, had to respond to her as usual, saying, I, I don't know. Uh, our network is SNY, Sports Network New York. Uh, ESPN, who you work for, who Muffet McGraw works for, he goes, well, Muffet likes to talk because nobody listened to her when she's a coach. So now she's got a platform, so she'll get up there and talk. But there is that exposure. UConn does get the exposure to your point. So NIL-wise, it will be the possibility of you finding something is uh, is great because you're magnified, because you're in the spotlight, because everybody expects you to win. What better position to be in as a young 18-year-old to be able to do that? Now, the NIL thing is an interesting thing because you don't know how that's going to play on people's psyche, the haves and the have-nots. You know, this girl's making, you know, Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama, made 1.3 million bucks last year you know will teammates resent that you know i i don't know how that's going to work but i would rather have them resent it and have Paige beckers on my team than than uh <laughs> not have her and not there and you know have everybody be treated equally i mean I can't, yeah i mean i can't imagine this not helping you con i mean it makes oh, it it so much yeah and you know I'm, uh, you know, I'm playing for a team. You know, it'd be fun if they could get that, that wild woman from Iowa who's hitting the, oh, the you know, the Steph Curry ring. Caitlin Clark is unbelievable. She's a good friend of Paige Becker's. They're, they're played on USA teams. 
She is, I watched that 46 point game. I watched another one of her 42 point games. She's shooting from the friggin' logo. The girl's unconscious. She's good, but her team's 25th, right? Yeah, 25th I mean, in and out of the polls because they're, they're not that good. She's a one woman show. They have some good players there, but they get exposed quite a bit. You know, you can let her score her 40 points and you'll still beat them. Every game she scored 40 points and she's lost. So it, Yeah, I wonder it, if know. somebody like that would want to go to UConn and be part, you know, rather than toiling, well, it's not obscurity because, you know, she's she's getting a lot of pub right now. But yeah, what, sure. I wonder if she would want to be some part of something special with Paige Becker. Is she a senior this year? Okay, on Clark's a sophomore like Paige Becker's. Okay, so, I mean, you know, she may end up, you know, I could see like conference players of the year in like the WAC or some of the more obscure conferences wanting to be part of something special and ending up at UConn with the ease of transferring now and the fact you don't have to sit out. Yeah, they they, they generally don't dip into the transfer portal too much, but they got Dorka Juhas was is a six five post player. At, from Ohio State, that's a graduate transfer at UConn this year. She averaged fifteen and ten at, at at Ohio State last year. She's averaging six and four at UConn because it's a whole different system. It's not always the the end all to you know, but there will be some some teams that are going to collect all star teams through transfers, and and it's starting to happen. I don't know if that's really good for the game or not, but it's it's going to be uh, interesting to watch because you'll see. You don't know. Caitlin Clark's from Iowa. She went to Iowa because she wanted to stay local and bring something, you know, recognition to the local thing. However, um, I don't know what's going to happen there. That'll be interesting to see because the only thing that messes up sports is adults. And when the adults start getting in there and start (laughs) messing with the transfer rules and start messing with, you know, allowing players to, to do the NIL deals without really thinking through the what parameters they need to set on all this stuff you're going to see some chaos in the next four or five years as this thing kind of filters its way out but to your point there probably will be some players that will want to go to UConn from uh, the transfer portal um, there also will be some players who won't want to go to UConn and want to go somewhere else so they can beat UConn so that that makes it kind of good too you know because you you look at the the landscape, the parody is is uh, getting much, much closer now. There's some really, really good teams out there, such as South Carolina, Stanford, and UConn's obviously a good team, North Carolina State, Louisville's a good team. You know, there's some really, there's seven, eight, nine teams that could win the, the title this year. If I was betting, I'd put my money on uh, on South Carolina. They're, they're pretty much uh, pretty darn good so far yeah. as for, they got, they got all the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. So how did how did the Lady Huskies come through against Tennessee with all these injuries and all these problems? Uh, how did they beat them? What they did was Tennessee had lost two of their last three games. So they were a little bit, you know, uh, probably shook up, so to speak. UConn played the best game they played all year. They, they deed up on them and they ran their offense and they didn't have that many turnovers. And then in the third quarter, they blitzed them. And AZ Fudd went crazy in the second half, seven for nine on three pointers. You know, she's Whoa. out there kicking them in from half court. Whoa. So, you know, it was just a, a perfect storm of UConn. When they played to their potential, 
with the consistency that that he requires they're very hard to beat because you can't favor anybody because you pack it in because they got a lot of big post players you got az fudd and caroline ducharme who didn't play in the tennessee game believe it or not and they still won by 19. so if you kind of played the way they're supposed to play and they were able to put it all together but what do they do because they're so like you said earlier they're young. The next game was last night against Villanova, and they're getting their ass kicked. They're down by 17 at the end of three quarters at home because they're a mess. Olivia Nelson is out of the game. They don't know how to adjust. They can't listen to the coach enough to adjust, and they find themselves behind, and they come back and they end up losing by three in the last seconds Whoa. because they just got too far behind to catch up. AZ Fudd went nuts in the fourth quarter, 14 points in the fourth quarter out of her 25. But you can't – there's too many good teams out there if you allow them to take the first shot and get at you and you don't respond and are in disarray, like UConn was offensively, they were, they were a mess last night for three quarters. That's just the, you know, that's the product of all these injuries and you have to, you know, suck it up. And a guy like me watching, and I'm just going, this is barely watchable. This isn't even watchable. Actually. It's not what I expect to happen, but they will get better. I have to believe that because when you get all these players back, you know, it's going to take them three, four games, and then hopefully that times up with going into the postseason, and they could be very formidable. Is uh, are there any key pieces that are actually out for the season that they will not get back? Aubrey Griffin is a six-one forward, do everything. Two, three years ago against Tennessee, when they re- they resumed the rivalry against Tennessee, she was a freshman. She absolutely destroyed Tennessee defensively. She took over the game. She blocked shots. She stole passes. She got a breakaway layups. She's a very, very kind of a um, Dennis Rodman kind of player. Rebounds, not going to shoot the three-pointer. Hustle, hustle, hustle all the time. Well, she's got a disc problem. She had to have an operation. They kept thinking she was going to get better. And then by the, the 15th game of the year, she hadn't played a game. She hadn't even dressed. She had to have her back operated on. So she's out for the season. Um, other than that, the key is, can they stop having somebody be gone every game where they have more than six or seven players? And when if Paige Beckers comes back at her potential, which I expect she would because she is just that kind of a person, they're going to be tough because everybody's going to all of a sudden have their leader back. They've got all these other AZ buds back from her. She had a foot injury where she missed it like 11 games. Nika Mule had a foot injury. You know, these people are hopefully all going to be in the court at the same time. And we'll see a whole different approach to things where they'll start uh, being more consistent because what's killing them is the inconsistency, which is understandable with all the injuries and, you know, everything else going on. They've had stops and starts with the schedule with COVID cancellations. They've had four league games canceled because of conference games because of COVID cancellations, some in their program, some in the other program nothing you can do about that's today's world so what boils down to is what are you going to do in march you know there's all these other games are going to take their lumps teams are going to be rejoicing the fact that they beat uconn and you know if things go right they will pay for it next year but you know that's uh basketball you got to play you don't just announce a winner you have to show up and play and they're having a tough time so this is this is character building stuff how does how does this make you feel like, tell me about your, because I know that you're a passionate fan. 
And before we talk about your how you feel about the future, you know, the rest of the year, tell us about how you felt about the um, the season so far. Well, you've known me for over 45 years. And uh, I think, yeah, I was 18 when I met you. So I was 48 years I've known the great <laughs> Jim English. You know, I'm not a I'm not a gray area guy. No, you're not. I'm a, I'm a black or white guy. And if I support somebody, whether it's friends or, you know, like UConn basketball or, you know, whatever, the Lakers, the Angels, you know, all that kind of stuff, I, I really get into it. Yeah, you're all having, in, baby. Having to watch this, I mean, last year I was really surprised how well they played and, and how he got this group of freshmen and sophomores to go and end up being 28 and 2. That, that was a pretty amazing job. Paige Beckers blew me away with her ability. It was, it was very enjoyable, very disappointing to see them lose in the Final Four, but, you know, okay, we'll say they're young. This year has been excruciating because I'm not used to seeing the things that are going on in the court happen to UConn. So being a, a supporter and a lifelong basketball player, I'm watching this, and, it, and it's it's very – very hard to watch because you, it's not just okay they stink they're not playing well but it's the as Gino Oriama calls it they've taken so many gut punches he doesn't know how long, much longer they can stay on their feet Paige Beckers goes down you know all these injuries at one time they had you know at many times only seven players left to play with so it's really really frustrating to watch for me does, I never would not watch it. I watched the games. I never would not support them. I never would waver in how great a coach I think he is, Gene Oriam is. What an incredible program. What a history. Nobody can match it. I'm, you know, it's really fun to, to, to be witness to that. But every once in a while, you got to take it on the chin. And it's not, you know, that stupid old adage. It's not how much you fall down. It's how quick you get up. There so, we go. You know, this I like is, it. I've got guys like you who, who will, who will talk me off the ledge when it happens. But it, it's been really hard to watch sometimes. I mean, I, I I go away when I saw Paige Beckers do that to her knee. It was like my own daughter hurt herself. You know, it hurt really bad to see. Oh my gosh, that was just gruesome. And she's such a cool kid. And you know, UConn recruits for the most part really good, outstanding, solid citizens. And it's hard to watch. It's been this season has been. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go and get some, call uh, one of our friends and find out who his dentist is and get some, my molars re, re uh, enameled because I think I've ground them down to the base because it's <laughs> it's very hard to watch. Sorry to laugh, but I just like no, the way so you, you put laugh. things. You got to laugh about it. This is you know, this is just it's just basketball. That's the thing. You know, it's fun for me. It's a it's a a vocation. But the bottom line is they're just 18, 19 year, you know, 20 year old girls playing basketball out there, trying their hardest. It's really hard to have that attitude when you, you see them down by 17 to a team they should be beating the hell out of. But you know, that's life. Nobody said it's fair. It's why you, you play the games. Yeah, but I love first of all, I love the way they play and I love the intensity. I love the fact that they stick around for four years. I love, I love, love, love the fundamentals. Oh, it's, you know? it's such a treat to watch when it's right. It's just, it, you know, and it's going to be right as we go to the future here, Jim, with what I've seen in these, as they struggle here, what I've seen of 
easy fud the way they she could come off a pick you know how curry's real good about winding around and running you know a snake route throughout the key in the baseline and then end up coming out off a double screen you know and then popping a 25 footer with like in one second you know catch shoot it's just going to be a blast to watch when they're when they get the whole thing orchestrated back and Paige Beckers obviously will make that better because she is very very fundamentally sound and she will be able to to write the ship that's the hope and the and the, like you say and you've mentioned many times the experience these other girls are getting without her having to figure it out on their own not always successfully will really hopefully toughen them and you know and and harden their uh, their metal as they go into the playoffs when you reach adversity because you're playing much better teams and you have to grind through it. They've done that a couple of times this year. And they've also had a couple of times this year where they, the adversity got the better of them. So learning lessons, you know, it's, it's turnabouts, fair play. I've had many, many years of reveling in how great they are. And now this year I have to be careful not to make excuses because there's, I'm their biggest critic when they don't play well. I mean, it's pretty obvious what they're not doing, but that's okay. It's uh it beats uh, being in jail, I guess. Well, I think the prospects, well, certainly the prospects for the next couple of years are great. It's oh, rosy. fantastic. Uh, they, have a, they have a top-notch recruiting class next year of a couple of uh, bigger players, post players, and a guard that's going to come the year after that. So they, they're certainly not throwing in the towel. They're, they're going to be, you know, I expect them, whatever happens this year, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, but if they get everybody back, they'll, they'll make a mark next year. They'll be on a, a bit of a revenge tour, you know, as to, right. We're going to make up for what happened there. And that's always interesting. Cause then you see teams get really focused, but the bottom line is they're, they're a good team, but there's, I, what I like, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I like the fact that there's seven, eight, nine really good teams. Now it's so really interesting. Crap shoot, huh? Oh yeah, it's interesting to see women's basketball really come up to the level that it has in the last five years, where there's a lot of really good players out there. Before you had two or three teams, four or five top-notch players that, that could kick anybody's butt. Now you've got there really good girl players everywhere. Yeah, and it's it's even at you know mid-major schools they have some really good players. So. It's fun to watch that way, but it's more fun when UConn wins. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, and what are you – so you're optimistic about the playoffs coming up, March Madness? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are as follows. If UConn gets everybody healthy – and these are big ifs because every week somebody has been out for the last six weeks. Every week they've never had the same amount of players for any game. So I'm, I'm kind of – gun shy when I say when I say that if they have their whole team that Paige Beckers is able to get back and play nobody else is hurt nobody else has to sit out because they're they got hit in the head or don't feel well you know they play I'm very excited because they will they will come together and they will be very very different than what they are now because Paige Beckers is that good to be able to get people the ball where they need it and that's their biggest problem now. They, they make a lot of turnovers on not being able to initiate their offense properly because they don't have a page backers. They have other players who are good, but not good enough. So once she gets that, I see them able to, they've got the rebounding. They got these freshmen have got a lot of experience. They got 
two freshmen that can bomb it away, which they don't have right now, which makes it you know more difficult when you can't hit the three pointer. Now AZ Fudd's back hitting the three pointer. I see them as being uh, being pretty decent. Um, we'll have to see because seedings are everything. You never know what bracket they're going to end up in. What what uh, part of the country they're going to end up in, and in, in, you know, in that. But I see them doing reasonably well. But that's a big if. I, I have to put that asterisk on there if they have their team. If they're playing with seven players, they won't even make the Sweet 16. Well, Greg, you know, and I think that the NCAA is going to do – I don't think that they're going to put the um, – the Huskies in the same bracket as South Carolina. I think that, you know, the NCAA is smart with their seedings and what they'll do is they'll take a look at UConn and say, this team is loaded and they've got some experienced players and they've got players coming back. The best thing for the tournament would be for South Carolina and UConn to play in the Final Four. That's what's best for ladies' college basketball. They would try to do that, but you know, going back to my previous statement, the only thing that wrecks sports is adults. <laughs> when they they set this up uh, three years ago, um, they put UConn and Louisville in the same bracket. And Louisville had beat UConn earlier in the season. They did it because they wanted to play again, you know, because ratings. They're not caring about spreading everything out and, and you know, oh. having that. They, they, UConn will be in a bracket with either – I because they played Louisville and they beat them in the to go to the Final Four. Played a great game. You know, it was, it was great to watch. So the, the Institute has a habit of, of, in these, like, second and third rounds, having teams play each other. They did it last year with Iowa put Iowa in UConn's bracket because they wanted Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers to play together in the, in the uh, elite eight. They purposely orchestrated that. So it's, I'm not sure what will happen. I, I, I always am, am uh, awestruck with some of the stuff that they do in these, uh, these bracketology nonsense that they, that they put in there, but you know, you, it doesn't matter. You still have to win five games to win the championship. So, you know, <laughs> You don't get to pick your opponents. You just go out there and play who's in front of you. Yeah. Well, Big Daddy, Greg Schmidt, um, I really appreciate you showing up on the Who Gives a Shit Files. And is there anything you would like to say in summation about UConn? Well, my summation is if I still had college eligibility, I would get it. NIL deal with Tums so I would be able to stomach what's going on <laughs> but from a standpoint of that it's UConn's turn in the barrel they are they are they have the most adversity I've ever seen them have and you know a lot of teams have probably had worse but they've had they've had a tough go and they're still 15 and 5 which is catastrophic but in in layman's terms, if you're 15 and five, they're usually carrying you around the arena on your shoulders. So got to keep the perspective right. I, I just hope they get everybody back and I would love to see what they could do with everybody back. Well, Greg, thank you for showing up on the who gives a shit files and you're taking this year like a man. And <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, as Washington said in his farewell to his troops, farewell troops. <laughs> Farewell, Greg.
All right. We'll see. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.